Not of Cynicism. I'm Eleni. I'm Jeffrey. And today we are recording over Skype for two reasons. Yes. One, because, one, you know, because, of social distancing. Yeah, coronavirus still being a little bitch. So we're keeping our distance from each other. But number two... Go ahead, tell them. Please tell everybody the other reason why we're recording over Skype. Ugh, I did an uh-oh. <laughs> or as she told me over text, hi, I did a bad thing. <laughs> I did a bad thing. So I, like many others, are working from home because of coronavirus. And IT sent me this program that I had to install so that I can access my files. Long story short, my computer's a dinosaur, so I had to delete some stuff to make some room to update the software. And I accidentally deleted last week's episode. (laughs) Yes. So we usually meet, like, two weeks in advance, like, every two weeks, and we'll record two episodes at a time, like, in person. So the episode you heard last week was, like, the first of two that we'd recorded, and she accidentally deleted the second one. Yeah, instead of deleting to 15, I deleted to 16 accidentally. Yeah. And And I permanently deleted it from my trash. Yeah. So now we're you're never going to hear that episode, so uh, I guess we'll just pretend that it doesn't exist, because it doesn't. Sorry! <laughs> it's so funny, I sent Jeffrey a text, I was like, I love you? With a question mark. <laughs> I mean... Oh, I felt so bad, and as soon as I realized what happened, I like downloaded software to try and recover it. I managed to recover some of it, but half of it is damaged. And I'm like, Jeffrey, we got to re-record. <laughs> I mean, it would have been worse if it had been like you know, not during a a global pandemic when everyone is, you know, supposed to be at home. Yeah. You know, there's, there was free, there was like free time to do it. I was like, any day is fine with me. It would have been different. It'd been like a really busy schedule for both of us. And she'd be like, uh, so I deleted this episode. I'm like, well, I don't have fucking time to do it. That's it. So like, I kind of figured he would be less angry because we're all kind of at home doing sweet fuck all. Yes. Um, I can't even imagine what the reaction would have been if it was during the school year. Especially I asked her, the, the yeah, end I of asked, the semester, you know? I asked her over like over our text, I said, like, so what exactly happened? And she's like, I'm scared of you. Yeah, I was basically <laughs> like, I don't wanna I don't wanna. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh that was our blunder for No, my week. blunder. <laughs> I guess we'll we'll okay, fine. You wanna take first you wanna take all the responsibility? Okay. I do. You didn't do anything. <laughs> I was trying to lighten lighten your load, but whatever. I mean, I don't want to put something on you that's not your fault. <laughs> it's definitely anyway. my fault. Could have been worse. How? I I, I feel like know. for podcasters, this is the absolute worst scenario. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to make I'm just trying to make everyone feel better about the this lovely state of panic. Okay. I think the only way it would have been worse if we had had like a guest on. <laughs> yes. So if we ever do have guests, because we've toyed with we've toyed with that idea of introducing guests for brief little interviews or whatever. Yeah. Uh, if that ever does happen at any point in the future, if you delete that by accident, it's uh, over. yeah, we're done. We're done. Like, <laughs> I don't know how we'd ever recover from that. Being like, hi, uh, Lauren Graham, you know, in a perfect world, uh, can you come back because we deleted your your your, your, oh your guest appearance. Oh and, no. <laughs> It's fine, though, because Scott Patterson is never coming on our podcast. Oh, shut up. <laughs> if so, he's not coming uh, on our podcast, it's his fault and his fault alone. He's being a little bitch. Okay. 
So let me get this straight before we, you know, dive into our episodes. So you're allowed to call Scott Patterson a little bitch, but I'm not allowed to say that Fran is stupid. Listen, I'm saying hypothetically, if he doesn't want to come on our podcast because I may or may not have offended him with something I said, he's a little bitch. (laughs) You're just like, look at this 98-year-old lady with a broken hip. I fucking hate her. (laughs) <laughs> okay, fine. I get. I see. I see the difference. I, see I the win. Difference. Okay. <laughs> Let's get into these episodes. Take two. <laughs> <laughs> so today, uh, for the second time, we're going to be discussing episodes twenty-one and twenty-two of season two. This also happens to be our season finale episode. Yay! <laughs> uh, is it a time for reflection? Yes, it is a time for reflection. We're going to be reflecting on our best moments. Ah, uh, yes. Or what we what we discovered about ourselves during this uh, process of season two. It should be noted that the first time we recorded this, I said, my mind's a blank. As soon as you asked me, like, to reflect, I'm like, I don't remember anything. He's like, but, I don't know. I don't know. What am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to say? <laughs> but now I think uh, since I've already, I have some vague memory of what I said the first time. So now I can kind of have a better idea. So yeah. take two is... Uh, a good is you know not always a bad thing see see i did us a favor <laughs> happy accidents oh my god okay so season two episode 21 is lorelei's graduation day yes so lorelei is graduating from business school finally finally after uh, so long um and um the whole premise is that she doesn't want to invite her parents right and she says that she doesn't want to invite them because the first time around she embarrassed them, meaning the first time around she, they didn't get to see her graduate from high school. It was mm-hmm. supposed to be a big moment in their lives and she embarrassed them and she, they're, they're not going to want to come. And yeah. the first time around we discussed this, I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> like, I don't get her logic. Yeah. And I'm... I felt like she was kind of projecting her own issues, meaning she was trying to save face saying like, what if they don't, what if I ask them and they don't want to come? So instead of just asking them, I'm just going to say, oh, they don't want to come. So I'm not even going to ask them, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think there's like some, there's some truth in that, that she was, didn't want to, you know, face the, the face, the feeling of having her parents say no, which I don't think would have necessarily happened. They probably wouldn't have outright said like, no, we don't, we don't I like I think you. they would have said it either. I don't understand what her problem is. I think it's more that, like, there is there is some truth in her saying that, like, she did embarrass them and humiliate them by not following their upper class life plan. Yeah, I get that. But I think, I think she just, she's, she's more, she's like, she's embarrassed for them before she's allowing them to feel embarrassed in the first place, if that makes sense. You know, like, she's, like, she sees herself through their lens and she's like, Oh well, they're gonna be embarrassed. That's the only that's the only possible reaction. So just drop it. Let's not invite them. You know? Oh, no, I understand what you're saying, and I understand um, I understand where Lorelai's coming from, but it doesn't make me any less frustrated. <laughs> no, I, I think, think it's, people have it's, a problem. Like, it's probably it's just a bunch. Yeah, it's just a bunch of it's just a bunch of Lorelai being immature again. Lorelaiisms. Yeah, Laura. Yeah, Laura Yeah, but the first time we recorded, I I remember saying like, I do this too, where I always think maybe somebody's gonna be mad. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't tell them something, or like I avoid certain things, or I get mad first. Yeah. 
That happens a lot with me and my mother. And happens a lot with Lorelai and her parents, I think, too. Oh, for sure. They both just get mad at each other before the other one can get mad. It's like they're scared of somebody else's reaction. So they're like, you know what? I'm going to react aggressively first. Yeah. Like, beat them to it. We, and, we, and we discussed that last week in episode 20 where, you know, Lorelai kind of has to get a little firm with her father and say, like, listen, I have a job. I can't come back to your office tomorrow. Yeah. And I remember I said last week, last episode, that, like, she, there was nothing wrong with what she said, but he just took it so personally. So he's like, I'm going to push you away first so that you don't push me away. Yeah. And Lorelai kind of does the same thing where she's just like, OK, well, I'll see ya. Like, yeah. Ciao. Doesn't... Bye. Let's not talk about anything. We're both being immature little shits. So I think when Lorelai says, like, she and she doesn't think her parents would want to come, she's, like, she's push, she's, she's pushing them away before they would, like, she's, she's not giving them the chance to push her away. She's pushing them away first. I know. It still sucks, though. You're both stupid. Yeah. It's, there's, everyone's baby. The whole issue. That's it. Yep. Anyway, so uh, should we talk about narcoleptic Nate? Narcoleptic Nate is the best. Can I get a... Uh. <laughs> uh, isn't that everyone in the morning? That's me in the morning. Is that I you mean, the- I'm pretty bad in the mornings. I'm not a morning person at all. No matter how much sleep I've gotten, I cannot wake up. No. and I might have close- a medical condition now that I think about it. But, <laughs> but no, I mean, no. this is quite something. <laughs> Considering he, like, doesn't... What, is, what does he say? He doesn't register things until a certain amount of time later. And yeah, then, like, she tells she tells the girls like, oh yeah, eventually it'll all come to him and he'll comment then. But for now, he's not in it at all. <laughs> oh my I think, god. I think that's like even worse than narcolepsy. Like some kind of that's like an actual condition. I would hope. I mean, narcolepsy is an actual condition. Just because you can't wake up in the morning doesn't mean you're narcoleptic. No, I, I mean like what Jackson has in terms of. Oh, okay. What Jackson has is a medical condition. Yeah, seriously, nothing's registering. You need to check that out. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh. <laughs> Can I get a? Uh. Oh my god, that was too funny. I was really sad we didn't get to see his pajamas though. I mean, yeah, his wrestling pajamas. <laughs> I think we. I think we got enough of jackson's pajamas for one lifetime in that one episode so i still i'm still holding up for a pajama set like that (laughs) listen if uh any fan forums want to come out with a pajama set of jackson in his wrestling uniform please send us some i would do it (laughs) i don't mind so i think this episode episode 21 is one of the best rory and jess episodes what do you think yeah i I love everything. Um, so before she goes to New York to see him, mm-hmm. I love that phone call. Yeah, the one where because, just... Yeah, they're not really saying anything, but there's a lot being said in the silence. Yeah, like they, they, like they just kind of wanted to hear each other's voices. Oh, for sure. It's like, oh, hey, hey, <laughs> long pause. They just and, miss each other. Yeah, and should we also talk about how, like how boring Rory and Dean had become that we're all like drooling over this like smidge of attention that Rory and Jess are having. Yeah. This is the like least exciting phone conversation. And And yet I'm pretty sure all the fandom just creamed their panties. Like, (laughs) like it's just like, it's crazy how much we're over Dean and Jess that this excites us. Which I think, I think says a lot, even I'm, I'm 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 not gonna speak 
for Dean fans, but like, please don't. <laughs> I think in the like in the grand scheme of things, that like, there's been a lot of just boring like boredom with Rory and Dean in general, regardless yeah. like how we like just them in general like they have like they're not very exciting. So at this point, so the oh my fact God, they that, haven't done anything exciting for a really long time. Yeah, I know. So obviously, it's like in our opinion, it's boredom. But like, they're just kind of this, like in a in a state of sameness. Where now all of a sudden, Jess is like something new and exciting, and it's like, oh, you know, like a dog wagging its tail almost. It's like yeah. we have we have something new to be excited about. Yeah, yeah, they threw us like a tiny little bone. <laughs> Which has, which, which, you know, like I said, says a lot if a, a phone call where there's not even full sentences being formed, if we're, you know, freaking out over that, that kind of speaks oh my God, it's, Like, first of all, it says a lot about us, the fandom, that we're, like, starving for something with Rory and Jess. But mm-hmm. it also says a lot about their relationship, about Rory and Dean's relationship. Like, at this point, if Rory's getting this excited about this non-phone call, phone call, then she's fucking over it, too. And I think it like it, this is this is kind of I'm not gonna say the straw that breaks the camel's back because we still have a lot of you know more episodes with Rory and Dean and blech, but yes, unfortunately, <laughs> I think this is another tipping point where it's like she like there's a there's feelings that can no longer be time we recorded I likened it to um like conversion therapy yeah. where like Rory is kind of convincing herself that she has to like Dean because Dean is the perfect boyfriend and that's like the perfect path almost to borrow a conversion therapy term um so it's like let's let's all pray pray the Jess away even though I mean I was gonna say it doesn't help that every time like she even like looks in Jess's direction well used to that everyone's like don't don't do that you know what I mean yeah so it like it's I'm not going to say it's a bit of a, an exaggeration because it kind of makes sense to compare it to conversion therapy because it's like, well, that's like the forbidden desire. And now it's like, well, we can't we can't forbid the desire forever because no matter the more you forbid it, the more you kind of are pushing that person towards it. Of course, so. guys, think of every any time your parents told you not to do something. <laughs> Didn't you just want to do it out of spite after? <laughs> that's the whole appeal of not the whole appeal, but that's part of the appeal of Rory and Jess at this point, I think. I think too i think a lot of it is because um everyone hates him Mm -hmm. well not everyone but we should say like everyone thinks he's no good for her yeah i think that's also kind of driving this because not only has she seen another side of him so she knows that's not true but Mm -hmm. i think it is a like her teenage brain saying like if everyone hates him i must have him yeah i mean i'm not saying that's the whole appeal because obviously there's you know they actually do have things in common in chemistry way more than dean but i mean (laughs) I think a, some of it has to do with the fact that she's a teenager, right? And she's going to do things that they tell her not to do. Yeah, especially, like, and we talked about this in other episodes, just the whole the whole concept of Rory being on this, on being such a, being on such a high pedestal where everyone thinks she can do no wrong, which is why mm-hmm. she kind of snapped in episode 20 where it's like, I was in the car too. Like, yeah. it's not all his fault. Exactly. And we talked about, like, speaking of I was in the car, too. Um, you know, she said it last time. Was it last time or this episode where she speaks to Taylor? That's a, Yeah, that's last time. Yeah, and he just pats her on the head. You know, like, this patronizing bullshit. 
So yeah. I think that's kind of fueling it more too. Like everyone's being so patronizing. And what no, and just yeah, exactly. And like you said about um Rory being a teenager, it's just like it's unhealthy. Like the the, the part I'm the, the scene I'm thinking of is a few episodes ago where uh, Lorelai and Dean are standing outside of Luke's, staring oh. at them through the window, and it's like, oh, Roy would never lie. Like, Roy's a teenager, and not yeah, gonna say all teenagers so lie. Times. But like, she's gonna lie, know. bitches. Case in point, <laughs> she skipped school this episode. Yes, she does. So let's talk about that, shall we? Yes. Yeah. So she decides upon talking, well, talking to, she's having some kind of conversation with Paris, and Paris It's not a conversation, it's a fucking monologue. Paris is monologuing. (laughs) And Paris talking about how she basically verbally abuses her guidance counselor, and says... And then she feels sorry for her because there's a half-eaten banana in her trash. I never understood. I'm like, what? Can you imagine being Paris Geller's guidance counselor? Oh my god, I'd kill myself. And I love how she's just talking, 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 like, like you said, on a monologue or a soliloquy. And she's, just, better, yeah. and she's just like, my locker's this way. Like My locker's this way. Like, let's continue this fucking conversation. And it's not a fucking conversation. Meanwhile, Rory just turns around and leaves the school. To be fair, every- we have to thank Paris for this reunion, I think, right? Yeah, because <laughs> Paris was Paris's conversation was so boring and so self-involved that Rory's like, I can't think of anything but Jess right now. Right? She's yeah. like, I need something else than this. So Rory, hold on. I feel like it's not helping Jess's case that Rory skipped school to go to New York to see him. It's not, but I think it's like reaching a point where she can no longer she can no longer just deny how she feels, and it's like it's it's reached a point where it's where it's taking her out of herself, and it's like making her do things that she wouldn't normally do. Mind you, it's not like she's you know becoming a crack dealer or something. No, but I think everyone knows everyone. Look, Lorelai definitely knows that this is super unusual for her child. She has never skipped school. She loves school so much. She loves learning, whatever. The fact that she got on a bus during the school day to go see this guy in New York, it's not helping Jess's case at all. Even though he didn't do anything. Like, he didn't ask her to come. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it's not helping his case. It's not. But I I think in, like, the grand scheme of things, it's weird how... Well, because maybe it already happened and, like, Lorelai couldn't control couldn't like you know control her from not doing it because like she already did it by the time she sees her again but I feel like in comparison to other incidents with Jess in season two like this is fairly tame the reaction other like I feel like you know Rory says she punishes herself in the end for going to New York and missing the graduation because the bus was stuck in traffic yeah I feel like listen I feel like the the reaction on Lorelai's part was muted because a like you said Rory was just so hard on herself Mm-hmm. And B, she's like resigned herself to the fact that this is happening. It's inevitable at this point, you know? Yeah. And like, I think she tried to warn her, but the heart wants what it wants, kind of thing. Yeah. And she, but even now, she's like going back down like the conversion therapy path where she's like, no, no I have to, I'm going to punish myself. I'm going to stay home. No books, no dinner. I'm going to, you know, date Dean because I love Dean and Dean's perfect and blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of just like, you know, like a, Listen, like the a fact clock. That she has to convince herself that she loves Dean. Yeah. And she says it in the middle of her soliloquy with all, like, the punishments that she's giving herself. 
Yeah. Like, it makes it seem like dating Dean is the punishment at this point. Exactly, it is. She's like, it's it's like a closet case saying, like, I, I love women. I'm going to stay home and date women and never think about these uh, impure thoughts. About but it's exactly me. that. Like, it's, she's just like, I'm going to, no books, homework, and dating Dean. <laughs> like, you're listing punishment. Yeah. So, you heard it here first. Uh, dating Dean is a punishment. It is. It is a punishment, you guys. And don't try to tell us otherwise. Because oh God, it is. We're going to get so much hate. <laughs> You're also, and also um, the audience having to endure Dean and Rory is a punishment. So I think so, but some people... Rory, just, is, Rory is punishing herself, and she's punishing us for however, more, however many more episodes we have to suffer through them. So Yeah. Look, the thing is, like, with... It's probably the last time we'll talk about, like, Dean in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I don't understand is, like... When fans still think, like, Dean and Rory are endgame. No, but... Okay, relax. Two seconds. <laughs> it's like, you see her reaction to him. Yeah. Like, what do you not... What do you think is endgame about this? You see she's literally disgusted. I think... Like, she he, has to force herself to kiss him and like him. Why do you I think know. that's endgame? I think, I think when they say endgame, it's because, like, of what happens... At the end of season four and into season five. Okay, but forget about season four, season five right now. People who watch this and think that Rory is still meant to be with Dean. True. Like in season three, you're fucked. Yeah. You're cracked. <laughs> There's something wrong with you. Oh, okay. Uh, we're gonna get hate because I said they're they're a punishment, but you just said you're you're fucked. Whatever. The head. We crossed it now. The line. The li- okay, we we can't even see the line. It's... No, the line is so far back; it's crazy. <laughs> hey, we crossed the line that first that from that first tweet you asked tweet Team Dean to tell us yeah, why they shipped them. I was really tame because I got scared. <laughs> <laughs> I literally got scared. I was like, Lenny, I gave myself a pep talk. I'm like, no more Dean hate for a little bit because people are gonna kill you. L- well, literally, I'm gonna say we got death threats, but we got a fair amount of nastiness so yeah so just be kind uh, i'm at that point right now where i don't give a fuck <laughs> as i say we're in the times of coronavirus guys as i say let's all be kind even though you know i want i want other people to be kind but i also want my freedom of speech to hate dean so you know what yeah okay it's like we're just, Republicans. <laughs> exactly. Oh, dear. We've become, oh, no, we, now we're going to get real hate. Oh, okay. no. Have we become a Republican podcast? Oh, no, 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 no. Moving on, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so let's talk about the actual graduation before we talk about the scenes in New York. Yes. Um, And I use the term New York very loosely because you could tell it's just a fucking lot on the WV studio. Yeah. Um, They added a couple extras to make it yeah. seem like New York, the hustle and bustle, but really not. A couple of yellow um, taxis. Right? Yeah. Um, okay, so the the graduation, um, we see Christopher again in this episode. Yeah. Um, so I wrote in my notes, Christopher's gift is really thoughtful, but I still hate him. Uh, in my notes, I wrote, <laughs> I can't even believe I used to like Christopher because I can barely stomach him now. And I was just, and I was thinking of this just before we restarted recording, um, how... Prior to this podcast, I'm not going to say I liked Christopher, but like in the I early... I think we could say that. Yeah, okay, fine. But in the <laughs> in the early... like I, I, did, I didn't like him in the later seasons. Like by season seven, I hated him, even the first time that I watched. 
But the first time in the beginning, like, I thought there was kind of more to it than they were giving us, I guess. Well, you said it, right? You said that you could see Lorelai and Christopher together and you, you didn't think that that was a bad thing. Yeah, before you know, before you 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 before listed I all the re- on that. yeah, before you completely changed my point of view because I can't even see it that way anymore. Yeah. Um, now I kind of like in the past I was kind of like I could see them as an option, but now that you point out all the reasons why they're to- why he's toxic and horrible, I'm like n- not in any realm could I do I do I want that? You know, that's conversion therapy for you. Yes, which is uh. Okay, I don't think we want to praise conversion therapy. I'm but... not praising it. It was a joke. <laughs> anyway, but all of that to say, there was yes, there was a time where I didn't hate Christopher, but now I can barely stomach him, and that's thanks to you. So slow give claps it... for Lenny. Yeah, give you give yourself a little pat on the back there. Yes. <laughs> oh, the dog is looking at me like I'm fucked. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so the graduation. Um, Rory is the one that ends up telling Emily and Richard that Lorelai's having her graduation. Yeah. Um, and they do come. Mm-hmm. And Emily sets up a movie studio in this auditorium. With Raul. With Raul, who yeah. filmed a very dark documentary. <laughs> Which he screened them as an audition. Yes. I wonder if Emily watched the documentary. I think she did. She, I think she said she did. She said it was disgusting, but wonderfully photographed or something. Oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Well, you're yeah. right. I, I uh, see Emily watching something like that. No. I think, I think like, maybe the Lorelai was talking about, like, her parents embarrassing her a little bit there in one, like, I think she just didn't want them to come because she's, kind, like, she wanted them to come for the whole, like, parents see you graduate kind of thing. But I don't think she wanted them to come in another sense where she knew that they would be uh, you know, like that, and set up an entire freaking movie studio in the yeah. in the auditorium or wherever it is. So I think yeah, because she, we talked about that. You had said last time that you you thought it was more about the fact that she knew that her rich uppity parents were going to be infiltrating this like little community college where nobody has money. Yeah, and she was probably embarrassed about that too. Which, by the way, rightfully so because. The whole movie, the crew came. You know what I mean? <laughs> I yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I think she's definitely like, she knows her parents are gonna bring, you know, all of their extravagance with them. So I think she kind of maybe wanted, like, it's she's very torn, and she kind of wants to have her parents there and to have that moment where like she sees them from the stage and they have, you know, the the music play and the la la la, la and she has her moment. I think that they should sad by the <laughs> I think she wants that, but at the same time she kind of doesn't want to deal with the their... hoopla. Yeah, 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 the hoopla. The hoopla. So, um two things about this graduation. I love the fact that Suki and Jackson came to support her. Yeah. I thought that was really, really sweet. Mm-hmm. And that scene towards the end where she, like, is on stage getting her diploma and Richard and Emily tear up. Mm-hmm. I was also tearing up. <laughs> yeah, because, you, like, you want that moment with your parents. And I think, you know, despite everything, both Richard and Emily and Lorelai 
wanted that. So just like whatever the circumstance, they wanted that to happen. They wanted that. They wanted that memory one way or the other. Right? Absolutely. And I think she's so glad they came too at the end of the day. Yeah. So she has I also that. Wrote my notes. Sorry, I also wrote in my notes. All this fucking film equipment and Raul doesn't have a fucking camera. <laughs> right? She has to take it with a little disposable camera that Lorelai brings. Do you remember disposable cameras? I miss. I mean, they still exist, but I kind of miss. I know, but who has a disposable camera? In 2002? No, I mean now. Oh, okay, now. Good Lord. <laughs> I mean, not so much now. <laughs> Not so much now. No one, no one even carries a, a digital camera that much anymore. But you have to go to the pharmacy, get your film developed, get the negatives, wait a week. I mean, and like if and there was if, no way of knowing if the picture you took was nice or garbage. Exactly. I mean that, like in the summer, in the like in the summer of two thousand and six, I did that. But you know, in twenty twenty, not so much. Do you forget that two thousand six was fourteen years ago? I know. Isn't that crazy? Like, there's a person who was born in 2006 who is now 14. No, no, stop, stop, stop. I can't, I can't do it. I can't. I can't. She feels old. Anyway. She feels so old. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so let's talk about New York. Yes, Rory and Jess in New York. Um, so, How did she up? find him so quickly? It's, well, first of all, she gets off the bus and she's like... Oh, yeah. And she's like, oh... Um, excuse me, watch things Square Park. Like, try to just, like, get anybody to pay attention to her so she can ask for directions. And then yep. she's like, oh, Fifth, okay. Excuse me, where's Fifth? Like, okay, Rory, that's, that's the way to get through New York City. But it's also the days pre-Google Maps. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. And also... You know, I think even I think even before Google Maps, it wasn't really safe to just ask anybody on the streets of New York City for directions. Yeah. So, she, I mean, she gets by. She finds him, like you said, very fast. I think it was just more one of those, you know, at one of those rom-com conventions where it's like <laughs> the, the, the setting isn't really important. It's more like they're together. Yeah. So, like, she finds him. But also, him. we agree, like, the most casual reunion in the world. Hey. Like, hey. hey. <laughs> hungry yeah <laughs> like what and like you said we are all wet because we have had no, we've had no actual interesting romance i was like oh my god so sexual <laughs> so we're all dying i we're mean all dying. we're like oh my god this is the best episode ever made it our I mean, I even said it. Like, this is one of the best Rory and Jess episodes, and I, I think it's just. I think. Do you think it's? Do you think it's one of the best Rory and Jess episodes because, um, we're just starving for something, or because um, they weren't together for a little bit. Like, we didn't see him for a little bit. I think it's because they are. We're obviously starved for romance. Yeah. So we we finally get us we finally get you know something, but I think I think the the bigger reason why I think it's one of the best Rory and Jess episodes is because it's like them together in in another place. So it's like it's they're they're together in a place where there's no hate or judgment. Yeah, it's like their own little a, bubble where they could just be. And like yeah, they can be themselves together. Like I'm not gonna say they're but either of them are acknowledging the, the feelings yet. But like at this point, they they have this kind of afternoon together in their own space, and they're like without without any fear or you know, and that's I guess fear, but like without any fear or judgment. In it's sex. more judgment, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Um, so long, long pause. pause. <laughs> we said it at the same time. Um, they go to this record store, and Rory finds the best gift for Lorelai. Yeah. But the bitch leaves it on the bus. Uh, you know how I feel about that. Like, know, just kills that. me every time I watch it. Like, fuck, bitch. Like, hold the, like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, hold the record with you. Like, screw your backpack. Like, the record, she you know? She didn't want it to get spit on by the guy who was spitting in a can next to her. <laughs> I know, but, like. Because that was gross. Uh, I'm sorry. Like, if I found a record or a vinyl or something that rare and precious, like, literally, you best believe that it would be, like, do I have that before I'd ask myself, do I have my wallet? Like, I'd want... I think she was very concerned about just getting off the bus to get to Lorelai. I know, but, like, you think to yourself, like, everything in her backpack, including the backpack, was probably replaceable. That vinyl is not. So... Okay, you gotta chill, because if you had a bunch of books in that backpack, you know you would be upset if you lost it. I know, but I'm just saying, like, if if that were me, I would have held dear, I would have held tight to both my my bag and that. Is what I'm saying. Okay, fine. I get it. She was next to the guy spinning spinning into a can. Oh, that was gross. (laughs) Which the first time we recorded, I said like that didn't really that doesn't really gross me out. And then your mother was like, "Are you fucked? (laughs) That's gross." Well, it is gross. I'm just saying, like, out of thing, out of all the things. Nurse who works with fluids. I know. Oh. (laughs) Gross. Out of all the things that make me cringe, that is that I guess that just that's just not one of them. We also talked about other things that make us cringe, and what did you say? I can't do mold. Jeffrey does not do mold. And I, then I was like, I don't get it. Mold where? And he's like, anywhere. Ugh. <laughs> Literally, like it, the worst is like you know I don't know if this happens to anybody else, but like you know like sometimes in your garbage can there's like pink puffy mold that looks not even pink, it's like orange, it's like orange puffy mold that looks like cotton candy it's like uh, no can't do it Mm-mm. nope and I said I can't do feet not my own not anyone else's true I have gross feet and then I proceeded <laughs> to take off my sock and show Debbie and Jeffrey how my foot grows sideways mm, yeah, like my toes the... point to the side I blocked that from my memory yeah well I have my grandfather's feet sorry aren't you guys happy that you didn't get to you, you didn't have to hear that episode well, we just told them, so fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> well, imagine the actual episode, you guys. That would have been much, much worse. So Imagine we were filming my feet. Ewe. Oh, Lord. Okay, we're moving on now. All right, let's get to the end where Rory punishes herself. Before we get to that, oh. I believe um, I had a question for you. So when... Um, when when Rory and Jess are in New York and they, they have their hot dogs and they're going into the subway, mm-hmm. Rory's like, "Do they allow hot dogs on the subway?" And Idiot. he's like, "You're he's like you're such an out of towner because you know, pretty sure there's very few limits as to what you can bring on the subway." So uh, my question for you is, uh, well, first of all, what don't they allow on the subway? And what's your weirdest subway slash public transit experience? Yeah, and then we got into a whole conversation about what it is to be a woman on Pretty public much. transport. Um, yes. We won't get into that again, but I do remember <laughs> what I told you. And I remember I told you it wasn't really, like, weird, but it was kind of weird. Where um, it was in the morning, it was a crowded car, and this guy had a sketchbook out, and he was, like, sketching what he would see. Mm-hmm. And then I went to get off at my stop, which was, the door was right next to him, and I looked down and, like, he had sketched my face. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, 
on the one hand, I like, yeah, I, I get being kind of creeped out because it's, it's like a little random. weird. But I mean, like his sketchbook was full. I think he wanted like in action shots so he could practice his sketching. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it so wasn't like, just me. It was like people coming in and out, like the door, the signs, like stuff like that. You know? Yeah. So. But it was just weird to look down and see your face on the fucking sketchbook. Yeah. So could have been worse. And apart uh, from that, like like we said last time, every woman has had an experience where like a creep just fucking creeps. Yes, and to that I say I sympathize 100% because like that just doesn't happen to men on the subway. Like I feel bad. It that, does, like, but not as often for sure. Yeah, it, yeah, it happens to everybody. But I feel like the the way that women are targeted in public is just such a different, such a different you know thing concept. So. Yeah. We got into this whole story about how one time I was working till 11.30 and I got on the bus and this guy like wouldn't let me off the bus and it was very traumatizing. Mm-hmm. And I said to Jeffrey, ask any woman and she has a story like that for sure. Which is like just creepy and sad and I really hate that. So yeah, listen, creeps, don't do that. Okay. And then we said, not to reiterate our entire conversation, but I was like, and then we said, isn't it crazy that because after that happened and I was telling people, people were telling me like, well, you know, you should keep your headphones on. You should keep them off. You should sit here. You shouldn't sit there. You should stay like they were giving me all these tips so that this wouldn't happen to me again. And I was like, why are we trying to change my behavior (laughs) instead of changing the behavior of the person that did what they did? You know what I mean? Exactly. And what's and worse, got us very, very mad. <laughs> yeah. And what's worse is that like, you know, it's 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 bad for them to say that to you when like you you weren't doing anything wrong. But it's even worse when like people say that to rape victims where it's like, uh, yeah. well, you should you should have been wearing that or you should like it's literally you're, you're putting it's just victim blaming on a different scale, basically. Yeah. It's just like, don't do that. OK, just yeah. don't do that. And uh, my weirdest subway, I get I think in our initial conversation, I gave two examples of my weirdest subway experiences, one of which was from the like one of the first times that I had been on the uh, the subway or the metro, as we call it here in yeah. Montreal. Um, it had been one of the first times that I was riding it like by myself with one of my friends who was bringing me downtown to see a concert, etc. And on the way home, there was just this there was this like homeless guy who'd been waiting like at the same metro stop as we had been at, and then he got on the same cars us. he wasn't talking to us but he was just like singing um very loudly for all to hear this uh lovely song what was he singing jeffrey <laughs> this lovely song that I'm, that I'm you know assuming he wrote himself <laughs> um that uh He's creative said, too yes he uh, said it, it went something like i used to smoke heroin all the fucking time but now weed is all i need and that's just such a poetic rhyme don't you think it's, it's amazing <laughs> And then my second weirdest experience was um, when I it was when I actually was taking the metro um, every day in CJEP to get to school. And there was this guy who was like some kind of re- religious leader who was like, you know, trying to recruit people. And he wasn't like, he wasn't, yeah, he wasn't creepy. <laughs> he wasn't creepy in like the sense that he would follow people or like in like corner them or something but he was he was his whole like aura I guess was creepy aura. and that like you just kind of don't want to approach him but he would approach you anyway I'm assuming he would approach mostly girls because it was like girls that he was like girls I knew who went to school with maybe like if you ever see him like run away and that's all kind of what you were saying about how women have a different experience in public than than men do so one of my friends one of my close friends in CJEP ended up 
buying a pencil from him because he would go around selling these pencils and they were like they weren't they weren't actually pencils either like as it gets weirder he would like i i saw once he would he like reached out to show them to people and like it, it was a fake pencil i don't know what it was but it wasn't a real pencil <laughs> like i don't know was it a toy i have no idea what it was anyway one of any one of my friends ended up buying a pencil from from him just to get him away i think it was only like a dollar or two dollars but it was just as like, you do by the way because you just want people to like leave you the fuck alone exactly so um i haven't seen him since that was that was like four or five years ago now but hopefully you know he's given up selling fake pencils on the subway (laughs) that is fucking weird (laughs) anyway so uh moving on to the finale the final scene of this episode i should say yes uh where rory punishes herself Mm -hmm. she uh Takes, I think she goes a little too far. What do you think? You think? <laughs> you think? <laughs> um, but the thing is, this is really, like, just so sad. <laughs> it's sad because, like, I think every, like, overachiever and perfectionist knows that, like, knows the struggle of being too hard on yourself. Yeah, for sure. Like, when you I call someone... all relate, like... <laughs> yeah. Like, when you call someone an overachiever, it, you also don't realize that, like... They're like they're overachievers in terms of being perfect, but they're also they're they're like way too good at punishing themselves and being yeah. too hard on themselves. So yeah, or beating themselves up basically. Yeah, yeah, that's a better term. Um, in this in this instance, I don't know if she's like more upset with herself. I don't know if she's more upset at the situation. I don't know if she's upset because she missed Lorelai's graduation. You know, like it's just I think it's just a bunch of things, and it's all becoming way too much for her. Like. I think it's a combination of her knowing that she can't, she shouldn't be with Dean anymore and she likes Jess, but she can't really do anything because he's in New York. Um, She wants to please her mother by staying with Dean, but she doesn't like Dean. She's sad that she disappointed her mom and missed her mom's big day. Yeah. She's also upset with herself that it's something so out of character that she missed school. Like, you know what I mean? It's just so much for her right now. I think, should we like back up for a second when you said um that she wants to keep dating dean to please her mother do you mm-hmm. think do you think that she's on that she wants to keep dating dean to only please lorelei because i don't really think that's the only i don't think that's the only reason don't get me wrong but i think her mother has made it absolutely clear to her that like dean's a gem he understands he loves you so much he wouldn't hurt you like you know what i mean i think She's gotten the impression from Lorelai that this is the safest option right now and you should continue to date him because he worships you, but in a weird way. Yeah, oh, definitely. In a very possessive, violent way. Aggressive, I think, aggressive. Yeah. Me. Um, I think that's I think you're I think you're right to say that Lorelai has made it clear that Dean is, you know, the safer path or the, you know, the 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 path that God wants her to take to use a conversion <laughs> therapy lingo. <Yeah. laughs> um, but I, I think in terms of like Lorelai support, like Lorelai's, Lorelai's support, I think in this scene, this the final scene of this episode is the first time that we kind of, we kind of see Lorelai pondering the possibility of Rory and Jess together. And she's not. Yeah, panicking. because she knows that like right now, my daughter is something so out of character, so it must be love. Not must I, be love. You know what I mean? Like, she wouldn't have done that if she wasn't serious. 
Yeah, and I think what's important here is that Lorelai, you know, Lorelai sees and recognizes that right away, and, like, she's not freaking out. She's like, oh, okay, like, if you're that, if, like, if you're this serious about him, or not, well, she's kind of thinking, like, well, if your feelings, uh, your feelings towards him are leading you to act so out of character, and she's kind of like, well, should we, you know, start realize well, should we start you know pondering the fact that this might be love <laughs> no for real i think she's she's slowly slowly starting to accept it she has no choice right now you know your daughter just skipped school to fucking go to new york to see this guy it's clearly something more than just like a crush or something you know like she's really really into him so uh, so i think at the same time she can't be very mad at her about it do you know what I mean? Like she's yeah. she's upset she missed her graduation, but she's also like, oh, she she knows she's like I've fucking done stupid shit for love. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Wouldn't you skip school to go see Jess? We all know that I would. I would uproot I my entire life would. for him. Oh my god, I know you fucking would. <laughs> Stop it immediately. <laughs> you know, so uh, I I can see where she's coming from. I Just- get it. No, I, I listen. I also get it, and it's it's crazy. It, it, it's crazy that it took Lorelai this long to kind of realize. Um, but yeah, I know I I get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, one more question for you about this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, was Seth was Seth MacFarlane even famous before he did this guest spot in this episode where he plays the you know, annoying, rich, not rich, the annoying, he's not rich at all. He's making fun of Lorelai for being rich. The, I don't know how to call him, mousing, annoying little person. That was, first of all, can I say that was a weird fucking couple? Yeah, what, (laughs) like, I think they were breaking up because they're going to different colleges. Yeah, but, anyways, whatever. Um, (laughs) So, I don't know. I don't even think he was famous for a while after this. I think I think Family Guy kind of put him on the map, didn't it? Yeah, more or less. Anyway. For sure. Yeah. Anyways, but he We're was not, very. I'm not really a fan. It's one of those things that you like watch it back and you're like, oh my god, Seth MacFarlane. It's the same thing like with John Hamm when John Hamm is gonna be in it or was. Oh in right, it. yeah, it's true. I forgot. Whatever. About it. It's just like it's something that you. I'm sure there's ar- hundreds of articles out there of like ten guest stars you didn't know were on this show and are now famous. You know what I mean? Yeah. They like they gave him a lot. Like I was, I was just wondering because they gave him a lot of lines in the episode. They really did. They had faith in him. Yeah. So, yes, there was faith in in I guess him as an actor and and or a future comedian. Even though he's not, he's kind of funny, but not really for me. Mm, not for me either. Anyway, before we move on to episode twenty two, I wanted to uh, give a book recommendation. Yes, tell that, us. Um, I had obviously talked about in our original recording and also it was in reference to what we talked about in last week's episode um about how we're kind of all at the mercy of what we watch when we're younger and that we're kind of fed certain uh conventions and illusions and and yeah and we're in tropes yeah and we're talking about that in relation to um, you know, Dean getting angry and possessive, and yet we still kind of, I'm not going to say we, we root for Dean in particular, but we kind of root for that, you know, heteronormative unit, like. Yeah, it was just this, this conversation we were having of, like, why is it that every time, like, a guy is there to, like, sweep a woman off her feet and save her, that we're always like, oh my god, he's amazing, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we're, yeah, and we're talking about that in relation to 
like how you know young girls are kind of like I'm not gonna say young girls aren't don't have their own thoughts or opinions but like for you know specific books movies tv shows like they kind of prey on young girls I guess for lack of a better term and that like yeah, no, it's a good they, term. yeah like they know that they like you know the authors the publishers the capitalist world at large um they like they, they play like they play on certain tropes and conventions that they know will kind of quote-unquote melt their hearts but really it's like you grow up and you realize that those things are kind of toxic and um problematic I think was a better word to use yeah so just because like in relation to Dean you know getting angry in episode 20 and kicking his bag and punching <laughs> What does he do anyway? He gets he, he kicks like the, kicks, kicks the truck, the garbage can. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> like anyway, but like gets upset. It's just like we we're talking about that kind of form of anger in particular in term in that like men kind of are like their anger in that sense is justified because like oh you know of course they get angry at whatever's happening. You know he Roy like you know Roy fractured her wrist and did all this. Like crash the car while he was out of town. So like, of course he's upset. Of course he's gonna kick the car, kick the bag, whatever. So we're talking about how his ang, like his anger and men's anger in that in this context is justified. And it's like, mm, is it though? Because it's kind of it's kind of problematic. Should we, should we should we be justifying and normalizing this kind of anger because it's a, this is it's the same kind of anger that is problematic when you know women are abused or women are at the mercy of men who like men who are protected more than them, you know? Yeah. So anyway, all of that to say that whole conversation brought to mind this book that I read last year um, called nineties bitch. And the subtitle is media culture and the failed promise of gender equality. And the author is Alison uh, Yarrow. And it's, it's like a, it's like a book of, um, like feminist nonfiction and essays about um, how kind of in the 90s was like the the point that um, third wave feminism kind of began and there was a bunch of stuff obviously that we were fed in the media in the 90s that continued on obviously that was you know deeply problematic and centered around how you know women and men are perceived differently and I just thought that it was what's you know mentioned and brought up in that book is important in relation to what we we're talking about with uh dean being a dick right so it's a good way to put it yeah and um eleni has it on her to read list but uh apparently her library is not getting it so she hasn't read it yet i mean come on relax. <laughs> <laughs> don't call me out like that <laughs> anyway um, i mean i really want to read it but the thing is i've been spending way too much money on books so oh, for i sure. I would rather get it from the library, and then if I re if it's really some this is how I operate. I get shit from the library. If it's really something that I want to own, I will buy it. Yeah, same. I do the same thing. Because and, uh, you never know if it's like because we've all been there where like the hype was real about a certain book, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it's not so great. But then you fucking bought it and you're just pissed at yourself, you know? Yeah, spent thirty five dollars on a hardcover. Oh, don't get me started. On that. <laughs> and uh, but you know. Um, hold on to the recommendation for after, you know, the coronavirus craziness has died down because, uh, um, as far as I know, Amazon is not shipping anything that's not priority items or essential items. 
Did they change? Because yesterday my brother ordered a fucking comic book on my Amazon oh. account and it shipped today. Well, maybe for, maybe for like certain things, I don't know. But I was I was looking at a bunch of DVDs yesterday that I have saved in my wish list. Okay. And it all said like free delivery by April 21st. I'm like, oh, great. I'll wait until I'll wait a month to get my DVD. And then. Yeah, just, it's not great. I was reading. I'm, the uh, I'm kind of in the same boat with delivery stuff because I just ordered a bunch of puzzles. Yeah. And they're all like they've shipped, but it's taking a super long time. And I'm going through puzzle withdrawal. Mm hmm. Ugh, whatever. We'll get through. Yeah. Anyway. First world problems. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's like it, it is first world problems, but it also it also just the like you know this. No, this it's, it's super hard. I get it. We have to get yeah. through this somehow. You know. Yeah, like first world problems on one hand, but on the other hand, it's like this pandemic is kind of, you know, making all of our systems shut down. So it's like, what yep. is what is the problem? Like, is it first world problems or is it like just world problems? You know. So. Got and, it. Anywho, I will post a picture and description of the of my book recommendation on our social media for anyone who is interested in my taste in literature. Yes. And uh, with that, we shall move on to episode 22. The finale. What's it called? It's called I Can't Get Started. You looked at your notes, didn't you? I did look at my notes. See, she's not Why here. Why are you so bad at freaking titles? See, she's not here with me to shame me and cover my notes or grab my notebook. Still shaming so, uh, you. Anywho, I have no idea. With this show, I have no idea why I'm so bad with episode titles. I don't know why. Anyways. Like, some, um, stick out, some stick out in my memory, but others just, like, uh, I have no idea. So. Rude. Yes. So, opening scene of this episode is Suki sharing her wedding song. Yes. And shall and we get it? And it is truly one of the most <laughs> depressing songs ever. Yeah, so should we talk about Suki's terrible taste in wedding music? It was terrible. Yes. And also was. all the options that she gives, like, for her backups are equally terrible. Yeah. And um, I think we I think we should definitely share some of our picks yes, for our wedding la- songs. Yes, the first time we recorded, I asked you, I said, what would be your wedding song? And that led into a whole discussion of possible wedding songs for both of us. Okay, well, you we're going to keep one. it brief this time, but tell everybody <laughs> what your first choice was. Well, okay, I gave several, and <laughs> Lenny gave one, so... Um, I gave fr- one because she's never seen herself getting married, so she's never given it much thought. <laughs> not, that, not that I necessarily appreciate myself getting married either. I just, I just listen to a lot of music and think, like, this would be a good, you know, wedding, like, you know, romance, but I don't know. All right, so, just- Get on with it. <laughs> My first pick for a wedding song would be a would would be a song from the Stuart Little soundtrack called "You're Where I Belong" by Trisha Yearwood, who is a country singer. But this song is not really country. It's more like '90s, you know, it's love. Taylor Swift country. Mm, I I don't even think I've really heard like any of Trisha Yearwood's country songs. Oh, so. trust me, she's country. Yeah, but this okay. Then this song is not country because if I have to think about it, it's not like it doesn't sound country at all. It's more like '90s R&B, I guess, or like pop R&B. Okay. Anyway, so that's my first choice. Which, by the way, that song is not on any music streaming services. Is it not? It's not the sound. The Stuart, the Stuart Little soundtrack is not on any that I, that I could find. Travesty. 
so uh, good luck to my future husband for to find that song to dance to at our wedding. Anyway, good luck to him for a lot of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, my second choice was another uh, soundtrack song. From... And this one I can kind of get behind. Yeah, so this one is from the Anastasia soundtrack. But it's not really a wedding song. <laughs> it's not. I just I just think it's like it's not it's not you can't dance to it at all. So. No. It's just, I just I just think it would be a good wedding song, like in theory. It's called "At the Beginning." The version at the at this the version at the credits during the credits. I don't credits. know why I'm laughing. Because <laughs> it's funny. Because I, I think weird. it's also because I'm picturing us after we filmed the podcast last week, um, recorded it a couple weeks ago, and we um, I was packing up my stuff to go. <laughs> I ended up staying an extra like 20 minutes just because we were listening to this song and discussing it. Yes, so I was like, she, I grabbed her laptop, and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm looking up the music video for At The Beginning. So, anyway, um, if you grew up, you know, watching 90s animated movies, you know Anastasia. And uh, it's, this, it's the, the version of At The Beginning, at the credits, in, at the end, What's sung Richard by... Yes, sung by Donna Lewis and Richard Marks, which is an amazing song, by the way. I listen to it all the time when I'm, like, walking somewhere. It's, it's very good for, like, you know, getting motivated, in my opinion. But then again, I think if you ask Eleni, I have questionable taste in music. So take take from that what you will. Exactly. <laughs> and since I didn't, I didn't mention this on the original recording of this episode, but I did think of a third option for a wedding song do share <laughs> it's uh the song called if i never knew you from the end of pocahontas so um non-disney related songs that you listen to? <laughs> okay excuse me that's one disney song anastasia is not disney whatever anybody, you know what i mean anybody who tries to tell me that anastasia is disney we are not friends because it's not even though fox is now owned by disney Anastasia is not a Disney princess. If you think that she is, please. No, she's just a real life princess. Well, that was a okay. Well, she's like that's a legend. Did she? Was she actually? uh, Was she actually real? Yeah, she was actually real. Oh, that's true. She was. It's like the the but the 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 story and the the story in the movie is kind of the story is a well. It's based on the fact that they thought that she escaped whatever. But oh yes, Anast- yeah, like, she's an Anast- actual historical figure. Oh yeah, okay. I thought you were talking about like the actual story is true. I'm like, oh, I think no. that's a legend. Oh yeah, you think Rasputin came with his talking <laughs> bat and they were just like fucking wrecking havoc in Russia? Well, but I would like to see that show. But anyway, so uh, those are my three picks. All of my wedding songs are from soundtracks. So. I think I have I think I have exquisite taste in music. Just... Okay, you win. Let's talk about the finale. Wait, wait, wait. What was your what was your wedding song? Oh yeah, well I number one, I've never really thought about it because I don't see myself getting married. Number two, um, if I do get married, I would get married in a Greek church and we're not allowed to like play anything while we walk down the aisle except for that really depressing organ that the lady plays. Mm-hmm. But like a first dance song, I thought Little Wing by Jimi Hendrix. And that's a good pick, I think. For me. I would never. <laughs> I mean, if I take myself out of my own music library and think of other and think of other op- think of other options, that's a good one. Thank you. So. I clearly so, win this debate. <laughs> I have better that, music taste. All of that to say, who has better who has better music taste, me or Suki? 
Definitely you. <laughs> Sorry, I had to think about it for a really long time, but you. That's that says a lot. Yeah. Are, are we are we tied in terms of in terms of you know bad taste? Look, she's. <laughs> I don't know because like the song she picked was so fucking depressing. It makes me wonder what she thinks her marriage and her wedding is gonna be like. It's true. Like the songs she she picked aren't even love songs. All of mine are love songs, more or less. So that's why I give you the edge. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. Let's talk about the finale. Yes. So um, this is this episode is the first appearance of the iconic catchphrase. Boy, with the poodles already. Yes, yes, it is. And Eleni, Eleni got us both pins that say, or with the poodles on them, or, or with the poodles already on them. I know. They're so cute. <laughs> we should post a picture of that, too. Yes, we should. Yes, we should. Um, so we, we had talked about how Emily reacts when Lorelai invites her to Suki's wedding. Yes. And in my and opinion... You, were, you agreed, and I was like, you're being a baby. In my opinion, Emily's not wrong about the about the pity wedding invite. So I didn't say she was wrong. I just said she was taking it too far. Yes. So shall we give them a, a brief recap about the, the pity wedding invite? Yes, go ahead. So um, at, at Friday night dinner, Lorelai tells Emily that Suki wants her and Richard to come to the come to her wedding and blah blah blah. And Emily's like, oh, wonderful. When is it? She's like. When is it like a week from Sunday or a week from yeah, Saturday week or something? And she's like, Oh, so it's a pity invite. And she's not wrong in terms of like more or less yeah, like a last she, minute. What happened. She was like, So two people canceled at the last minute and she had two extra seats. So she, instead of having an empty table, she invites us. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. But the thing is, like, look, would she have invited you under normal circumstances? No, because, you know, it's a small wedding from what we can see at the inn and she's catering it herself. Yeah. You know, like, you're not, first of all, you're not high on her priority list, Emily. I mean, Emily did give her wedding advice, even though it was extremely extravagant and involved midgets. Terrible wedding advice, though, with midgets. You say midgets. You say midgets. That is so absurd. It is absurd. <laughs> Anyways, so I just thought she took it a little bit too far. Like, she kept insisting it was terrible. Whatever. It was just a little too far. Very rich uppity. Like, just either come or don't come. <laughs> and then Richard comes in. He's like, oh, great. When is it? A week from Sunday. Oh, so it's a pity invite. Ugh, fuck off, both of you. I'm with, I'm with them on this one. I'm sorry. Anyway. Fine, we're just going to move on because it's not going anywhere. <laughs> Should I tell you what I have written down in my notes about Roy and Dean in this episode? Oh, God. Go ahead. Roy and Dean are like a bad dream that just won't end no matter how many times you wake up. Did you did you come to this thought, like, after they're in the diner, like, swapping breakfasts? Yes. Yeah, exactly. that was fucking gross. Roy, do you want to trade breakfast? Oh, fuck <laughs> off. Uh, but the diner scene gets me very frustrated for another reason. Why? And that is Lorelai being a fucking baby. She, yeah, first of all. First of all, it takes her 30 minutes to get into the fucking diner. And she, like, just, she she won't even apologize for having a tantrum. Like, no. I'm not gonna, she like, I won't, I won't. Acknowledge that she did anything wrong. No. no. And she expected, and, and, like, she said something to the effect of, like, oh, I'll just watch, like, an episode. 20 when Luke had closed and gone fishing when she's like oh it's fine I'll just walk in you know like I'll say something charming yeah and then I'll and I'll be I'll be my charming self and he'll forget about it 
And how does that work for her? It doesn't. Exactly. Anyways, um, so they're not really in a good place right now. No, and like I'm. And I think so- what frustrates me more is that Lorelai refuses to acknowledge that she has. I mean, she kind of does, but like she thinks that her reaction was justified because Rory was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And like that may be true, but you really, really yelled at him. No, like she had a full blown tantrum. Yeah. So. You, you can't just, like, freak out on somebody like that and not even acknowledge the behavior, um, let alone apologize for it. So, exactly. like, Luke is not wrong to kind of ice her out a bit. No. <laughs> anyway. I think he's just, like, making her sweat a little. Which, like, she sh- like she should have to. Because yeah, because nobody ever does, fuck. No, and she thinks that, like, she can go through life being like, oh, I'll say something charming. <laughs> like, she- Everyone lets her get away with it. Yeah, because she's Lorelai and she's witty and funny and ha ha ha. Like, no, you're a uh-huh. you're a little bitch sometimes. Yes, Jeffrey. <laughs> so my Christopher uh, hate is really at its peak, I think, in this episode now. Oh, me too. Like, I think I was kind of on like in some kind of n- neutral gray area with him as a character in the past, where like. I was indifferent, where I was like, okay, I hate him. I hate him later. I'm kind of indifferent to him now. But ever since, like I said, you pointed out all of the reasons why he's a terrible human being, um, I really can't see it any other way. And now I'm just like so deeply entrenched in hating him. So that's where I'm at with that. I know, baby. I know. <laughs> like I'm really looking forward to when Rory hates Christopher because now both. She and Lorelai still love him, and it's like, no. Yeah, I, I know. I want to vomit. This episode's a little weird, because Christopher shows up to the doctor's office when Rory's getting her cast removed. Like, hi, I'm the, I'm the dad. Like, No, oh. you're not. You're the sperm donor. <laughs> okay? Yeah, first of all. And, like, he's sticking around, he's being more involved, and, like, they're really excited. And something yeah. that I had mentioned to you was that <laughs> Lorelai just constantly needs a man in her life to like validate her Mm -hmm. because as soon as luke didn't want to hear her like witty banter anymore yeah she latched on to christopher she's like oh if you're gonna be in town come here you know she needs that validation from a man to feel important yeah and i don't think i don't think i ever really realized like the at least at this point in the show i didn't realize the, I don't know, dichotomy between the two, because, like, in later, she runs from Luke to Christopher, right? And now the same thing exactly. is kind of happening. The same thing is kind of happening now, and especially, like, after the car accident, when, like, she and Luke argue, and then... She calls Christopher. Exactly. So it's, like, always... she it's, She's always feeding off one or the other. She needs a man in her life. Those... The, the season... Season four, when she's not with anyone... Except for Jason. No, but I mean, like, beginning season four, like, end of season three kind of thing. Like, yeah. when she's not with anyone, she's just, she goes crazy. Yeah. She, she really needs does. a man. <laughs> it's true. And it's not really even, like, she needs a man because she doesn't want to be single kind of thing. She needs someone to lean on. For as much as she says and is proud of the fact that she's very independent and she did something on her own. Mm-hmm. She needs someone to lean on. And maybe it is because she was independent for so long. You know what I mean? And I, th- I think, yeah. I think it's a like a major flaw. I'm just saying, like, 
it's it's definitely something that's a pattern with her. And I think it was more because she had she mm. had to, <laughs> she had to be independent. Yeah. But at the same time, listen, I, I get she- it. If you're alone for very long and you're doing everything on your own for very long, it would be nice to have somebody to do it with you. You know, to take yeah. a leave off sometimes. At the same time, I think it has to do with her personality. So yes, for sure. I think I think one way or the other, she would have, like, I'm not gonna say she would have, you know, run to either of them, but I think she would have needed someone, like you said, to validate her. You know. Yeah, for sure. Um. So let's fast forward a little bit to the rehearsal dinner. Okay. Because Christopher is there. He's staying in town. Yes. Because he and Sherry are what on a break, breaking up. Having a talk? What are they doing? <laughs> They're taking some time apart. To reevaluate things. Yes. And he, like, what? It's How long did, before did that happen? And now he's come running back to Rory and Lorelai? Like, so I think this is why Christopher and Lorelai mesh well together. Mm-hmm. Is because they both always considered each other the backups. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. And like, I think that, they both know no matter what, Chris is my backup, Lorelai is my backup, they'll always be there for me. Yeah, and I think in terms of, like, she, like she, like you said before, she needs she needs someone, so, like, it doesn't really matter necessarily who it is, mm-hmm. I think. Maybe it does matter on some level, but I think she thinks as she thinks of herself with Christopher as just, like, this never-ending saga that, like, won't ever, won't ever finished it's just like this train that won't ever reach the station you know yeah i think in her head she's like he's always gonna be there for me mm-hmm. i can like jump back on the train whenever i want just to keep going with your train reference yes exactly and eventually you know there is a train wreck you're telling me <laughs> i mean them in general are a train wreck but yeah. for different for different reasons but lorelei is just so excited that sherry's out of the picture now she, like, she practically gloats to Rory. Do you think that... Well, yes, yeah, she does. But do you think that um, it would have been different if uh, Christopher had shown up while Luke wasn't mad at her? Um, I think if Christopher had shown up and Luke and Lorelai were speaking, mm-hmm. it, the outcome would have been different, yes. Yeah, I think... I think that Luke provides a little bit of restraint for Lorelai, if I can yeah. say that. I don't, and I don't think she would have been as eager and willing to, like, jump into his arms in terms of, like, relationship. Like, exactly. Relationship. Like, she, like, she goes as far as to tell her parents, her mother, about... Well, look, that's fast-forwarding a little, but that's how you know that this, in her mind, is very serious, you know? Yeah, because she doesn't tell her mother anything, and yeah, everyone knows that... Uh, Richard and Emily approve more of Christopher than they do of her own of their own daughter. That is very clear, yes. But like, would like is is Lorelai ever that eager to tell her mother anything? Like, she didn't tell her mother that she was engaged. No. Earlier in the season, until they had some kind of blowout about it, right? So. Yeah. Well, listen. I think the fact that she didn't tell her mother she was engaged is because she knew that it wasn't gonna, not wasn't gonna last, but like her heart wasn't really in it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yes. Um, but I think with Christopher, it's different because, you know, here's her chance to finally please her parents with the guy that her parents have always wanted for her. Yeah. 
so yeah, she's a little bit more eager in this case to tell them about it. And I think in a, like in another life, should we shall we say that if let's say like Luke and Lorelai had already been together at this point, like can you remember, can you remember in season one, like they were very close to actually getting together. Yeah. And then make us, and then make us wait another four seasons. <laughs> Still looking bitter. At, looking at you, Amy Sherman Palladino. Anyway, um, do you think that like if in another life Luke and Luke and Lorelai had, had already been together at this point, would Lorelai and Christopher supposedly getting together had been like would that have been more of a big deal? You think? Because remember later in the in the show when she runs from Luke to Christopher for very different reasons. Yeah. But like it's kind of it's more like in the end like season six season seven it's like more of a at least for me it's more of like a a bit of a of a like a jaw dropper in terms of she runs from she she always like runs back to christopher one way or the other so like do you think like i think i've lost sight of my question but like do you (laughs) think do you think that if luke and lorelei had already been like a thing would she still be at this point in the show would she still be so into Christopher? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. Because I think for Lorelai, it's very much about if she's alone or not. Yeah. So I think like because at this when point. When she's happy with Luke, mm-hmm. she doesn't want anything to do with Christopher. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. And when she's happy with Christopher, she can't see Luke anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the thing is that like, I don't, like, Lorelai is still kind of in the dark about her feelings for Luke at this point, so, like... Well, she's a fucking... She's blind. She's fucking yeah. blind, then. And, like, everyone else is kind of just like, oh, well, he ha- he has a thing for you. It's like, well, she has a thing for him, too. Hello. Yeah, I hate that it's always really one-sided. They're always like, oh, his feelings are so obvious. Like, so are hers, guys, okay? Yeah, so I think, like, it's... it would be It would be different if... Luke and Lorelai had been more open about their feelings in the beginning because mm-hmm. now it's just like, oh, well, they're friends who, you know, everyone knows they like each other more than friends, but they're friends and, oh, they're in a fight now. It's like, Luke is kind of out of the equation right now, and I think, like, they maybe were kind of... Maybe they didn't come to Suki's wedding. How is he not invited to Suki's wedding? Yeah. Do you think that maybe he didn't go because Lorelai was there, or he wasn't invited? I think he wasn't invited. Well, Suki, you bitch. Exactly. <laughs> so I think they were. I think in the grand scheme of things, they were waiting until later to play off of like the Luke, the Luke Lorelai Christopher triangle. Even though it sucks later on, and it's more I annoying. Think, you know what I think it is? I think the writers wanted to show us that once again, Christopher is not ready. Mm-hmm. That he's still a fuck up. Yeah. And that um, Lorelai definitely deserves better than him. Yeah, because we're we're obviously we're obviously dancing around the main point here, which is that uh, you know Christopher Bales. Yeah. Long pause. Give me a second. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds very far away, doesn't she? I'm sorry. <laughs> the dog did a funny thing. Okay. No, yeah, so we're dancing around the main point, which is that after Christopher and Lorelai sleep together, and he promises that this is it, and they're going to be together, and everything's going to be great, and Lorelai even tells Rory, so you know she has to be fucking serious if she tells Rory, Mm -hmm. because I can tell you that no single parent would, 
you know, risk hurting their child if they weren't 100% sure and serious. I mean, she, she kind of already did that at the beginning of the season with Max and Rory, so... Yeah, but you know what? He he proposed and she accepted. So, like, even though she wasn't sure, I think she thought that that was going to... That was... That was... was yeah. Jesus. <laughs> that was what was going to happen. Now who can't speak? Haha. <laughs> Me. <laughs> um, so. so, I was fucking pissed because Christopher couldn't even last 20 minutes. No. 20 He's fucking like- minutes. He, like, gets a phone call, and that's it, and blah, blah. And then, you know what I wrote? I wrote, does Christopher not know how to use a fucking condom? He doesn't. Because two women, two pregnancies. (laughs) And it's always the people we hate who are procreating the most, isn't it? Right? (laughs) People that shouldn't be having babies always have babies. Get a turtle. (laughs) In conclusion, uh, you know... Sit with your hands in your lap and get and a turtle. And don't pull it out. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> oh. You know what really irked me about this episode that I just, what? like, I couldn't believe it? What? Is that when he goes to tell Lorelai that he's leaving, mm-hmm. he's like, can you tell Rory for me? I know. Like, I he know. doesn't even have the balls after just having this conversation with his daughter about how he's serious this time. And they've been, and Rory tells him, we've been waiting for this for a very long time. Like, don't screw it up kind of thing. He doesn't even have the balls to face his child after. It's just think, one more mess that Lorelai is going to clean up for you. Yeah. Is this the moment, is like this moment what causes Rory to start being a little more jaded and cynical towards oh, her? Oh, 100%. She, yeah. I don't think she, Rory ever recovers from this. And, like, she shouldn't have to because... No, she shouldn't. Like, she's given her father plenty of chances. Yeah. And her mother has never said a bad word about her father. And this is entirely her decision. Um, and, honestly, I think it's long overdue. After yeah. a lot of things that he's put them through. In conclusion, Christopher sucks. Yes. As always. He doesn't know how to wear a condom. <laughs> and um, episode title, Get a Turtle. Get a Turtle. So. <laughs> um, we talk about a- the kiss? Let, before we talk about the kiss, let's talk about Jess and Luke's communication skills. Ah, yes. No bueno. <laughs> Just no bueno. No. They're they're very, like, and I've said this before, they're very similar, but, like, you know, just get it together. You know? That's all I have to say about that. Like, get it, like, stop, like, stop being stupid old men and... Talk. Well, they're, not old. they're not both old. But... No, but like, stop acting like stupid old men. Yeah, and yeah, it's better. Talk to each other. Honestly, it's just very juvenile. Like you would expect it from Jess, but like Luke's a grown ass man. He still has communication problems. Yeah. So. And that's what's really frustrating because we know what's coming. Yeah. And we know that his communication skills don't fucking improve. And I think it's just that, like, no matter what, Luke wants to believe the best in Jess, which. Is an is an admirable, you know, quality. But yeah. at the end of the day, he needs. He was never really like. I don't want to say Luke never like helped him or got to him, but like Luke, Luke didn't have the interpersonal skills to give to like figure out what, Je- what Jess really needed. You know, I don't think anyone in his family really had. The, the, the skill or the power to figure out what Jess really needed. No, I think you're right. I think as much as Luke loved him and believed in him, something was lacking in the way he conveyed that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's not his fault, right? Like, you you took in a kid who was 17 already. Like, he was fully cooked. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, 
you he's not your kid also you know like he's this kid that doesn't want um an authority figure telling him what to do it wasn't necessarily all his fault but at the same time he was not good at conveying that message to jess no he wasn't um but it's becoming clear that this jess and rory thing is own. Yeah. Because yes. no one in their right mind would have left New York for Stars Hollow, like for the scenery. <laughs> okay. Yes, and th- yeah, so he comes back and shows up at the wedding, and you know, they tangle tongues. Get twisted. Yes. <laughs> and and what- Jack for cream panties. <laughs> oh my god. No, but you know, I anyway. Well, like, let's be honest. We're all waiting for it, right? Because they can't. Yes. They see. And, and we, mean, we're probably all like, oh, my God. Yes. But I'm still. And she's like, bit, don't say a word. I know. But I'm still bitter like, because. How you don't want me to say a word? I'm still bitter because, like, she's the one who kissed him. And she still goes through however, however many more episodes. Okay. Let's not get to that. Let's focus on the moment. Okay. Well, the moment is, is five seconds long. It's like. They kiss. He's like, <gasps> and you know, she runs oh, away. She kisses him. Yeah. Okay. And he's kind of taken aback by it. Yeah, but then he gets full on into it. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. And then Rory gets so freaked out. Mm-hmm. That she's like, I'm going to Washington. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for real, I think that's another punishment for herself, though. Yeah, I think... She's probably. like, yo, I did a bad thing. I cheated on my... Well, cheated. Whatever. I kissed another guy and I have a boyfriend. I cannot deal with this. I'm going to Washington. And she also... You go to Washington and think about what you've done. Yeah, on the one hand. But I think on the other, she's kind of taking a page out of Lorelai's book and yes. running away Being from avoided? her problems. Yeah, and running away from her problems. No, I completely agree. <laughs> I think, yeah, definitely in terms of, obviously, she needs to, she is punishing herself, but she's, like, not in the same. I don't deal with this right now. Yeah, so we can't really compare it to conversion therapy in the sense that, like, she has the same, you know, rights and privileges as people, as people put into conversion therapy, because she's acting like a spoiled little white girl, but at the same time, Rory, just stop denying your feelings. Okay, thanks. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> and now, as far as cliffhangers go, this was a pretty darn good one. Yeah, and I like how the like the first and second season finales kind of both end in similar ways. In that, like the first season, both Rory and Lorelai have their own like events happening in their personal lives, and they come together. And then this time. Same thing is kind of happening where Lorelai has had something crucial happen and now uh, Rory's had something crucial happen. It's just like, I think I'm going to Washington. And then they walk down the aisle. Like, I feel like yeah. the, I feel like the first and second season finales are both similar in that way. Yeah, I like how they both have their own stories. Yeah. I like it. Anywho. Anywho. Shall, uh, do we have to talk about our reflections now? I mean reflections. <laughs> reflections. I mean Since... what I what ended up what I ended up saying last time was that I couldn't believe how much like Brad played a big role in like my enjoyment of season two. Yes. Um, and, yeah. Because he was really he was really great with comedic relief this season. Bravo, Brad. <laughs> Poor Brad. 
Poor, poor Brad, but also bravo Brad. Yeah, poor Brad for being so petrified of Paris. I know. It's okay. <laughs> um, and I think I said in our initial recording that I was trying to be unbiased in the uh, in our discussion of the first appearance of Jess. You were not. I was <laughs> probably was not. Um, but it just in reflecting upon this season of you know broken engagements, you know new love interests. My God, and, it feels like so long ago, but that was this season. It was, and also. Uh, Feels so long ago, we, Tristan was still in this season for a little bit. Right? There. Oh my god, I forgot about that, fucker. Yeah, so so it feels like a long time ago. And in reflecting upon all of those events, I just have to say that I think I love Jess even more now. Oh my god, who saw that coming? <laughs> Not I. <laughs> no, I think it was a good season. Um, I think we got some good material. I think we um, got to the root of Lorelai. Oh, at least we're getting we're getting we're getting somewhere with her. No, but I mean, I think like all these things that over the years bothered me about Lorelai, but I couldn't quite put my finger on them because I do love her character. I'm starting to understand after like talking it out and like analyzing, I'm starting to understand what it is exactly that bugs me about her. Yeah, me too. And that's not to say that I don't I don't still love her character, but um, you know those those little flaws that get me like are starting to come to light a little bit more. Yeah. Um. And I think, you know, the same thing is probably going to happen with Rory in later seasons as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Anything else you want to add? Um, I think that's it for this season. This season? Yes. So, uh, thank you for joining us on our, you know, bitter discussions. Our of, bitter parade. <laughs> yeah, our bitter parade of season two of Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Um, Shall we update the bracket? Yes, please. So last episode, uh, we forgot to give you a bracket matchup. So this yes. week, bonus, I'm giving you two. Great. Um. So ready? Yes. So this week is going to focus on this episode that we just talked about, 222, which is I Can't Get Started. Yes. Versus 422, Raincoats and Recipes. No, oh, I know which one I'm voting for. Okay. <laughs> I guess it's the one that has Jess in it. Uh, Actually, no. I was thinking more of 422. Oh, okay. Shush. We'll discuss that term- next oh. season. <laughs> and then the bonus one that I'm giving you since we missed it last week is 106, Rory's Birthday Parties, versus 607, 21 is the Loneliest Number. That's a very difficult choice. So we're, we're pitting two birthday parties against each other. Yes, that's very difficult oh boy you're very (laughs) we will discuss the results in our season premiere of season three season three can't believe it already where can they follow us they can follow us on gilmore podcast on instagram wrong on twitter i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) and gilmore girls podcast on instagram you know it's funny because i remember when we first started when we first started this podcast I needed to glance at my notes to remember our 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 um social media handles, and you All were like, right. "How do you not know them off by heart?" And I'm like, mm, "Well, look how the tables have turned." My my, how the turntables! I know, but um, <laughs> yeah, I fucked up. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. And then you can email us at gilmorepodcast@gmail.com. Yes, we love. Also, mail. yesterday somebody attempted to hack us. Oh yeah, it's true. 
And we're like, <laughs> are we still big time that somebody's going to hack us? But, you know, whatever. I mean, I think we can, like, say lightly. Someone, someone probably was just trying to, like, yeah, I guess hack us. I mean, I feel like hack's a big of a, a big hack's word. A strong word, but somebody tried to access our account. <laughs> yes, anyway. Uh, which so, is uh, screw, that, screw that bitch who tried to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. But anyways, um, so thank you guys so much for the support this season. Yes, once our again. Our following grew. Our stats, like, for downloads of the playlist grew so much, and we're very grateful. Do we have any numbers to share? Um, not off the top of my head. <laughs> so we'll share them. Uh, season three premiere. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. All um, I know is we're really big in Trinidad. Wow. Well, thank you for listening all the way over there. Yeah. It's very, very, very far from us. From us, yes, exactly. And uh, we're going to see you soon. We're going to take a little brief hiatus while coronavirus settles. And uh, Yes, yeah. or as Eleni likes to say, to um, gather material for our therapists. So much material. <laughs> and, uh, we, and then we, we bring some of that material here vis-a-vis Gilmore Girls for you to hear. To make you guys chuckle. Yes. So where would you be without us? Exactly. So thank you guys so much. And we will see you you soon. Yes, we will see you soon. Bye.